You are listening to the Life Nomadic Podcast, a podcast of inspiration, life lessons, philosophy, honesty, stories from the road, and, well, whatever the hell else I want to talk about. I'm your host, Brandon Collins. So let's get weird. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Life Nomadic Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Collins. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. Today's episode is going to be pretty friggin' great. Um, I have been thinking about this list for quite some time now. Not not in not in terms of making a list for a podcast, right? Like that wasn't my intention with this list. This list was just. I'm actually, it's on my phone. I have a uh, hundred of them, actually. It's just a way for me to kind of, uh, I guess, remind myself um, how far I've come, uh, where I want to go. And if I find myself kind of, uh, what's the word, like stuck, I guess, in a rut, I can go back through this list and go, okay, of these things, am I doing these things? Have I, have I not done some of these? Um, and also like, you know, if, if, if I meet someone while I'm traveling or whatever, and, and we'll have conversations about things and I can refer back to that and be like, Oh, you know what? I wrote this thing down this one time. So yeah, there's like, (laughs) there's over a hundred. I don't even know how many there are. Um, I can actually look, I don't know how important it is. Um, that I have the exact number, but for some reason, oh, I do have them. I do have them numbered. How many are there? Oh God, hundred and four, hundred and three. <laughs> yes, there's a hundred and three. Um, on my list, it's just thoughts. Um, so it was just like things that I wrote down um, that either interested me or a thought that I had or something like that. So, for example, I'll just say. Um, so I'll just read a couple up to you. Thoughts. Number one, no breaks. Always say yes. Uh, two, just because you want to do something doesn't mean you get to. Three, failures are just teaching moments that sting a little more. Actually, that's pretty awesome. Mm, we may have to get back into that one. Uh, trim the fat. Uh, ayahuasca. Uh, if you're constantly looking for the meaning of life, you may miss out on what it is to be alive. Just a bunch of stuff that I wrote down. So I, I went through this list uh, and I came up with 10 of them. Um, uh, it was hard, it was hard to come up with 10. I mean, I could do all hundred, but I don't think that that's necessary. I, I picked, I picked the 10 that I thought were, um, at least the most helpful to me. And I'm hoping that they'll be the most helpful to those of you who are listening. Um, and part of what made me want to do this is, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off by saying I'm not trying to talk shit on anyone or anything. I just don't necessarily agree with how some things are done. What I mean by that is like there's this like this self-help slash influencer kind of trope where it's like if you do this, this will happen. If you wake up early, 
Do you do this? If you if you make your bed, you do this. If you drink this fancy beverage, you'll do this. If you hang upside down by your ankles, like this, and it's always like the this one thing that's going to fix all the things. And 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 I have I have an issue with fix all kinds of things because that's just not how humans are. Like name two people who are even remotely similar. You know what I mean? Like every every person is different across the board. You know, apart from, you know, we, we all have similar amount of cells. We all have, I mean, not all of us, but most of us have the same amount of eyes, the same amount of limbs, you know, but like how all of those things work with our, the interface of our brain and how our brain, like it's, it's just, it's infinitesimal, the differences that there are in people. So why, why people think that one thing is going to fix everyone is beyond me. And I could be, you know, being a little bit, a little, a little pedantic, but the point I'm trying to make is not one single thing is going to help or is it going to fix? It may help, but it's not going to fix. Um, you know, and like, sure, the, the one thing, right, that may help some people, and I'm sure it does. And if it does, that's, that's badass, right? It's, it's cool, but like, it's not, it's, that's not what's going to work for everyone. And in this list in particular may not work for everyone. Um, some of the things on it could work. And, and here's the thing, even, even the one thing that does work for you may not work all the time. So we have to understand as a, as, as a species that not everything is going to work and not all of the things are going to work for everyone. Um, and, you know, here's an example with me. I, I have chronic back pain and nothing fucking works. Like all these, I, I've been through all of the different things and none of them have seemed to work for me. So the other things that work for other people with their, with their chronic back pain works for them. And that's, that's amazing. It just doesn't work for me. So same thing goes not only with our physical bodies, but our uh, emotional, spiritual, and psychological states. Um, so yeah, um, so this isn't really like, this isn't an exhaustive list. Like this, this list can change. It's kind of kind of what I'm trying to do is help um, build a toolbox. You know, because like one of these things may work for one thing, but it may not work for another thing and it may not work at a different time. So having the tools on your belt, you know, so to speak, or, or your, or your toolbox or whatever, just makes you more prepared, um, for life, I guess. Um, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not a professional. I'm not, I'm not claiming to be a clinical psychologist or anything. These are just things that have helped me along the way. And I'm hoping that it might help some of you. Um, if none of them help you, I'm sorry. <laughs> I tried, but uh, yeah. And, and, and uh, I'll probably end up actually doing some of these as their own episode. Like I could dig a little bit deeper into them. Um, and, and, and moving forward in the future, I definitely want to have guests on, on the show um, currently. I don't, I don't have the equipment or the space or anything like that to do it. But uh, in the future, um, when I finally get 
back to the States, get working on the van, and then I can build like a proper podcasting studio in the van. Then I can just travel around the U.S. and just meet all the cool people and have conversations about all the things, right? Um, But for now, you're just stuck listening to my voice for now. Um, But I will say if, you know, if there's anything in in this episode, um, and if this episode ends up going into two episodes, which it very likely may do, um, and you and you would like to hear, and you would like to hear an expansion of of one or a couple of these, just you know, send me a message on Instagram um, or Facebook, or uh, you can even email me at um, Life Nomadic Podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, and what's the Instagram life about a podcast, Instagram, um, or, I mean, just life nomadic podcast is pretty much <laughs> all the things. Um, yeah. So enough of that. Uh, let's, let's get into it. Well, you know, actually, so here I wanted to kind of talk about before we, before I get into the, um, the list, I want to talk about something, um, and, I imagine some of you probably already are aware of um, this. It's it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I do understand it is a bit antiquated, um, and it's you know it rightfully contested in academia. But but I do believe in the premise of it um, and its simplicity. Right? It's 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 basically a pyramid, and it's a pyramid of needs and they're, and they're separated into like five or six. I don't remember exactly how many it is. One, two, three, four, five, five. The, the bottom, the, 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 the needs that are in the bottom are the most important ones. And it, the premise of it is you can't move up unless the bottom ones are taken care of. And it's not necessarily like, um, it's a ladder in a way, but you can bounce, you know, up and down through the levels. Like, um, it's pretty, it's pretty fluid. Like sometimes you can get all the way up to the top or close to the top and then you have to drop back down. And, and I'll, this will make more sense as I kind of go through these different levels. Um, I'm not, I don't want to spend too much time on them because I could literally do an entire podcast on just, um, the, the, uh, the theory of, of needs pyramid. And it's been, there's like a contemporary version of it that has like all these other things on it. Because like I said before, human, human intellect and human uh, emotion and psychology isn't, not only is it not linear, but there's nothing simple about it. Um, So to suggest that one pyramid, you know, is the, is the, is the end all win all thing is ridiculous. It's not. However, I do appreciate the simplicity of it. Um, and it kind of helps, especially when you're just trying to like figure things out, you know, like if you're like in the beginning of your self-actualization journey or self-improvement or, you know, a lot of times people don't even know that there's anything wrong until, <laughs> until something is wrong, right? And so you have to start somewhere. Um, so basically, uh, Abraham Maslow, um, damn it, I can't remember where he's from. 
uh, he, he, he wrote this paper in like the forties, um, talking about like the theory of human motivation. Right. And so this, this pyramid, uh, the very bottom one is physiological needs. So these are like, this is like your id, you know, like if, if anyone's familiar with the id ego, uh, and superego, um, which is yet another contested and controversial thing, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super Freudian, but I definitely, I definitely can get behind parts of that theory that hit ego and superhero thing, but that's, I'm already <laughs> going way off track. Right. Back, back to, back to the, the hierarchy of needs, uh, the physiological needs. These are your basic like human survival needs, like water and, and sleep and clothing and shelter and health and all those other things. And, um, th- Basically, what what Maslow is saying here is, if these needs aren't met um, to some specific kind of level of fulfillment, you can't you can't move on, right? If if you, if you don't feel if you don't if you're not eating, right? If you're not drinking water, if you're not sleeping correctly, uh, if you're not physically healthy, you can't move farther than that because you got to really work on those things. So. You know, there's, um, it, it, you know, there's different socioeconomic statuses, you know, and, and some people it's like, you know, if, if you're, uh, homeless or, or, you know, or you even have like a eating disorder or, or something like that, like you're not going to be thinking about self-actualization. You're going to be thinking about trying to get those physiological needs met, um, so, but also if, if we move that like differently, you know, say, for example, if you're struggling mentally, um, and you think about these needs, okay, which of these needs am I meet? Am I meeting or not meeting? And then you're like, oh, I work a lot and I'm not really sleeping a whole lot. Boom. There you go. Like, that's a clue into, into why you can't move forward is because you're not getting enough sleep right? Or, or you're not drinking enough water or you're just, you're eating crappy food and you're, and you're unhealthy. Like it's really, really, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's really hard to move forward or move up, if you will, if those, those original physiological needs aren't met. So then the next level is like, uh, is the safety needs. So this is like, um, having a roof over your head, um, having clothes, um, having financial security, um, being emotionally stable, being safe, like being in a safe environment. Like you're not, you know, if you're, if you're, if you have, um, if your home life isn't safe, right. So like your, your significant other or, um, is abusive or, or you live in a neighborhood where you're constantly like, looking over your shoulder or whatever. Right. So, so you, you need to have these needs met before you can move on. Uh, and then the third one is like love and belonging. Um, these are more like social needs. Um, you know, having, having a relationship with uh, siblings or parents or children, or even like your chosen family, like your spouse or your friends, um, <clears throat> I mean, this has to do with like 
sexual relationships and platonic relationships and um, just being part of a group, which I do, I do think that some people don't care to be parts of groups. Um, it's, it's, I'm not saying that if that that's how you feel, you're not normal because there is no normal, but it could be just having a relationship with, um, your friends or a roommate or something like that. Like these, these, these bonds that we create help us move on to the next level. And the next level is, um, these are the more kind of ego driven needs. They're like these self-esteem kind of things. Um, and like confidence and independence and self-esteem shouldn't be confused with arrogance and narcissism because they're not the same thing. Um, I definitely want to do a podcast on that subject in particular because for a very long time, I really struggled with having a high self-esteem or a confidence in yourself or your potential um, and having pride in your accomplishments and being arrogant or egotistical, you know, like I, I, and I even still to this day kind of struggle with, with the difference between those two. So, uh, and then the next, the next one from there is self-actualization, which is basically the goal that's self-actualization. What, what Maslow means by that and what I mean by that when I say that is it's like, it's your ability to fulfill your potential as a person. So I think that every every person has a specific potential, right? Like I I don't have the skills or the height or the weight or <laughs> anything to be a professional basketball player. So my potential ends way before that. I don't have the mental capacity to be a astrophysicist, right? I, that's, I, that's not my potential. There's no way, and I'm okay with that. But I do have other potentials that I see, and so I want to uh, be able to get to whatever th- that potential is. Um, and so that's what self-actualization um, means, And so I don't necessarily like to set goals for those kinds of things. And I know that's counterintuitive because lots of tons of studies and research and data has pointed to when you have goals, you're much more likely to get to them. But that's just, um, I'm weird and different. That's just not how... um, that's just not how I personally do it, but that's not, that's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's the, the, the hierarchy of needs. I didn't want to spend too much time on it. Um, but I just kind of wanted to help kind of understand that like, so these, these, um, these tools or thing, I don't even know what I'm going to call this episode. Um, but you know, you, you have to make sure that you get those very first ones uh, met before you can really even try 
all these other things. And, and maybe some of these things that I'm, that I'm going to talk about today, maybe some of them will help you accomplish the fulfillment of those initial physiological uh, needs. Maybe. I don't know. Just keep that in mind while you're listening. Um, yeah. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Right. So uh, the first one I want to go to, number one. And I made this number one. So, so the rest of them aren't in any particular order. But I made number one number one because this was probably the most, if not the most important, one of the most important realizations that I came to um, a few years ago when I had, when I was struggling with my mental health and um, everything else. And, uh, you know, I should actually do a, I should do an episode on that, like the, my, my like journey. I guess I kind of already did. Nah, whatever. I'm already off track. Here we go. Uh, so number one, yeah. <laughs> Stop searching for happiness. Let that sink in a little bit. What do I mean by that? Well, a couple of things. You know, there's, uh, there's the backwards law. Um, that who came up with Alan Watts? Um, and, and it's basically like you remember when you're growing up, like there's this like this kind of saying, and I guess it's kind of true. If 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 you try to be cool, you'll never be cool. So if you're constantly trying to be happy, you're never going to be happy. And 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 a lot of that has to do with you. We like. <laughs> So this old uh, Saturday Night Live skit with um, Eddie Murphy, he, I'm pretty sure he plays Buckwheat from Little Rascals, and he sings uh, Wooking Penub, <laughs> which is uh, the song Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. But I always think about that when I'm, when I'm thinking about, you know, where I was looking for happiness in, in wrong places, Wooking Penub. <laughs> so that's like on my notes right here, Wooking Penub. Um, but you know, we, we, we tend to look for happiness in the wrong places. You're looking for happiness in relationships, right? Hoping that your partner's going to make you happy. Um, we look, we look for happiness in material things like, you know, buying a new car. And then as soon as that new car smells wears off, you're not, you're not happy anymore. So then you want to buy another new car or, um, new shoes or, you know, whatever, um, we look in, we look for happiness in 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 competitions. Uh, so like you you try to win this competition because you think it'll make you happy, but then if you don't win, then you're not happy, or you do win and you're still not happy. Um, you're looking for happiness in a in a job, like you know. And even though, don't get me wrong, like I am a hundred percent behind. If you can have a job that makes you happy and you get paid for it, then you should fucking do that, right? But if, you're, if you keep searching for happiness in your job, you're never going to find it. Uh, physical enhancement, you know, like getting tattooed, getting piercing, getting um, uh, augmentation of your body, right? Like th- thinking that, that that's the thing that's going to make you happy, then you get it and you're still not happy. And then it's just like, well, now, now what? So, 
I have a couple of things, you know, that, that, um, uh, that can, can maybe kind of help with that. And, and one of the things that I do is I look for joy in everyday things. And it's, it's actually really worked. Like, um, what's a good example? Um, you, you know, like, let's just say the, the sun is shining outside and, and you go outside and just like, lay down in the grass and then and let the sun kind of just like bathe you and then just smile. And obviously like this isn't, these things aren't going to just fix whatever the thing is every day, like straight away. But these are like maybe things that can kind of help, um, like revel in like the, the, the magnificence of, of things like, uh, like, we take things for granted, but like, I'm looking at my cell phone right now. Like this thing's amazing. It's amazing that I can, that I can just touch a couple of buttons and I can talk to whoever I want anywhere in the world. Like that's amazing. And so I try to find like, you know, joy in that. Or like when you're driving down the road, just roll down the window and let the, let the air like hit you in the face. And just, it'll just make you smile because you're like, or watch a silly movie or find some little kids to hang out with or uh, a dog, you know, or a um, cat maybe. Can cats make you happy? Um, the point is, instead of like looking for things to make you happy, like I said before, like a, a job or relationship or material things and things like that. Find things that you already have in your life that make you happy, um, that that bring you that bring you joy. Um, it could be a conversation. It could be, uh, you know, I I really like to to like a building. Like look at a building. And be like man, that building is amazing. It's like it's, it's like an appreciation uh, for all of the things that are already around you. Um, and like I said, obviously, like this, you're not going to like overnight just be like the happiest person ever, but it, it can help. Um, laugh at a joke that you wouldn't typically laugh at or or tell a joke, you know, like I I love dad jokes and puns. And so many people, when you when you say a pun or a dad joke or something that's quote unquote, like not funny. And someone will roll their eyes and it's like, why, <laughs> why are you rolling your eyes? It's a joke. Like, okay, cool. You didn't find it funny, but, but why, why didn't you find it funny? Why couldn't you find it funny? Um, yeah. I mean, just, and, and, and another, and another part of that too is like being grateful for things and, and, um, and, and practicing grace really. And I, and I talked about this last episode, um, is like kind of going easy on yourself. Like if, if you're, if you're finding yourself like being not happy, don't be like, why are you so unhappy all the time to yourself? Because that's not helpful. Um, but you know, just find, find something that's, that's silly. Do something silly. Like, um, I remember when I was in, when I was in Peru, um, at the ayahuasca center, we would do these, we would sit around in a circle, um, and it wasn't really like 
meditation. It was more like, so it would be like we'd be preparing to do whatever ceremony it was. And typically it would be um, uh, Wachuma or San Pedro. And uh, we would like stand up and whoever was leading the circle would be like, all right, everybody start hopping around like you're a frog and ribbiting. And so like a whole group full of adults, full-grown humans are hopping around like frogs and ribbiting really loud. And none of us are on anything, quote unquote. We're just, you know, regular people doing regular things. But it would make you just laugh and just it made you so happy because you're just like, I'm being dumb right now and there's nothing wrong with it and I don't care because no one's, no one's, obviously no one here is judging me and if someone was judging me, that's not, that's not on me. If I want to hop around like a frog, I'm going to hop around like a frog. And, or, or we would, or he'd be like, okay, now be a dog and chase your tail or chase somebody else's tail or whatever. And it was just like, it was, and and one of the things he would always say is like, be like a kid. And, and that's, that's actually kind of traveled with me for a very long time. And I still, from time to time, need to remind myself to, to be more like a kid. Because kids, everything is amazing. Everything is new. Everything is wonderful and creative. And their imaginations are going. And it's like the, the, the farther along you get through this video game of life, the more life beats the shit out of you. And you just you become dull and then unhappy and then you're unhappy because you're dull. And then it's just this crazy vicious circle of monotony that's slowly killing all of us adults. We're like little kids are just running around playing in fucking dirt. (laughs) Like let's go back towards that. Let's, let's lean back a little bit. Let's. And so, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that know me in real life that think that I'm a little bit weird, but that's because I don't, I'm not worried about what everyone else thinks. I'm doing shit to like make me better. And if that means making weird noises, um, randomly or telling weird jokes or just outbursts. I have this weird thing. Sometimes I'll just, stand up and just like run away somewhere or whatever. It's because I just, I'm tired. I'm tired of what our society says the way we should act. Now, obviously I'm not saying, you know, if you're in a library, you're not just going to run over and just tip one of the bookshelves over because you just felt like you should, cause it'd be funny. But I don't know. Do just do stuff. Do stuff that that makes you happy and makes you smile and 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 try to be more like a little kid. I guess. Um, what's another thing? Oh, uh, getting comfortable being on your own. That's a huge thing, and and I'm fortunate enough to to have training in that, obviously through the military, but also in like traveling. I spend a lot of time by myself traveling. And I feel like people who are, are okay with being on their own can be happier 
because you can be content with nothing. So then when something comes around, it's, it's amazing. Right. So like, so, you know, when, when, when you are alone, you're not going to be like sad and depressed. And, and there's definitely a difference between being alone and being lonely. Like those are two completely different uh, things, which through lots of time and self-reflection, I've kind of come up with that and, and learned that and have been able to Im- implement that into my, into my life. Like, am I feeling lonely or am I just alone at the moment? But that also takes, uh, it takes a lot of time. Um, complain less. That's a huge one too. And so like when you complain about something, not this, this, this doesn't mean like, you know, if you're in pain or if you need to go talk to the manager <laughs> to make like a complaint about something that's different. What I mean is if something's not necessarily going your way, when you, when you complain about it, even to yourself, it, it makes it so much worse because you're just constantly like thinking about it and ruminating on it. And like, it just makes you more unhappy. Whereas at least for me, if something, you know, it doesn't really go my way, obviously at first I'm like, you know, oh, this is, why is this? And then I just will be like, okay, it's a thing. It happened. What do we do? How do we, how do we move on? How do we, I don't necessarily want to say how do we fix it, but how do we move on? What's the next step? How do we move forward? And so it's taken me a lot of time to do that, but it's definitely helped. Um, and, and a quick story about, uh, when I was in Nepal and, and so complaining less and also just shifting your perspective. So shifting your perspective, I'm, I'm going to talk about that right now. So it's, um, when I was in Nepal, the, the I, I was, um, I was, well, one, I was training, training for, um, Everest base camp, but I was also helping, uh, this family rebuild, excuse me, rebuild, um, a music room in like the back of their house. Um, and the, the, the father, the dad of, of the house, um, loved Dollbot, loved it. He like, he had this shirt that said Dollbot power 24 hour. That was, and then that was like his and his and my like, um, little saying that we would say to each other like every time because and when I lived there we ate Dollbot twice a day so you ate it a lot <laughs> you ate it a lot so there would be like breakfast which was typically like an egg a, a boiled egg and some um, roti which is like um, it's like it's kind of like non bread it's kind of like a pita somewhere between pita and non somewhere around there and that was it and and then for like early lunch, it was almost like a second breakfast would be Dalbot, and then dinner later on would be Dalbot. And Dalbot's incredible. I I love it a lot. But when you eat it twice a day, for I was there for like nine, I was there for like nine weeks. So twice a day, nine weeks. Like do the math. It started to kind of get to me. And I was like, oh, doll bot, uh, you know. And then I just, I had this idea. I was like, you know what? 
why don't I just like pretend that I love it? Because Daruba, the 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 dad of the house, I, I thought to myself, there's no way this guy loves Dollbot this much. He's eaten it twice a day for probably his entire life. There's no way he actually loves it. Maybe he's just convinced himself that he loves it. So I thought I'd try it. Holy crap. It totally worked. Like I just, anytime I would hear uh, Manuka, who's, who's the, the mom of the house. Um, did she ring a bell? Why do I feel like she rang a bell? <laughs> I, I don't, I, I think she rang a bell or whatever for like dinner time. I would just get excited and be like, Dobot! and I would run around and I'd high five people and get all excited for it. And literally like two or three meals later, after I started that, I actually started to get excited about Dollbot. And then the whole time I was there after that, I just, I could not wait. I loved it so much. I still love it to this day. Like I'll make it at home from time to time. And it's just like, it brings back so many amazing memories and, and, you know, and when we, we, when we would eat it, you know, there's no forks. Well, I mean, you could get a fork, but the family didn't use forks or spoons or utensils or anything. So I wasn't about to, and there was no table. So you sat on the floor and, and you sat in the kitchen, right? So the kitchen was under the house, like in the basement on a dirt floor. And so you'd sit on a dirt floor and you'd eat rice and lentils like with your hands. And that sounds gross, but I would tell myself like, this is such an amazing experience. And, and this also goes into like kind of mindfulness. Like I was purposefully paying attention to what I was doing in that moment. And I was getting joy from it because like, yeah, this is gross. I'm eating with my hands on the, on a dirt floor, but how many people do I know back home who've ever done this? None, zero, maybe one. So, I changed my perspective on it and I got joy from it because I was doing something, even though it was kind of a gross thing. Um, I was doing something that, that no one I knew had ever done. So yeah, kind of went on a bit of a tangent there. Um, my apologies. Um, and lastly, uh, there's this thing called the hedonic treadmill. And so it's, it's basically this theory that's that, that posits that, we always, we always return to our baseline of, of happiness, regardless of what, of what we do. Um, so you say, say like, uh, I want this thing, or if I do this thing, I'll get happy. And then you do the thing and then you're happy. But then that happiness becomes the new baseline. So then you find yourself unhappy again. Even though, even though you're not technically unhappy, you're just, you've, you've reached that same baseline. Uh, it's very similar to drug addiction, you know, right? So someone, let's say someone who has, who has an opiate addiction, I mean, and it's, and I'll just use opiates. I'm not sure why that popped into my head, but it works with all of them. I mean, it works with coffee, you know, <laughs> it works with cigarettes. You, you reach a certain level of high, quote unquote, and then when you come off that high, 
when you do it again, you get to that same level and it doesn't, it seems the same. It doesn't seem like you got high anymore. So then you have to go a little bit higher. And then, so then your baseline raises and so on and so blah, 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 blah. Right. And so it's, there's a term called chasing the dragon. Like you're never, ever, ever going to get to that, to that same intensity of, of euphoria or, or whatever it was that, that, or even numbness, whatever the thing was, um, that, that brought you to using that drug to begin with. <coughs> Excuse me. So the same thing with, with happiness. So like you do the thing that makes you happy and then that becomes the baseline and then you'll never get to that same happiness again. And that's one of the reasons, if not the main reason, why I'm saying stop trying or searching for happiness because you, either you'll never get it or when you do, it's only going to last a short amount of time and then you're not going to realize that you're happy anymore and then you're going to keep moving. So that's why I was saying that finding happiness in things that are already around you that you don't have to do any effort to get to will make you a much happier person. So that's one. Number one, stop searching for happiness. <laughs> uh, number two, do things that terrify you. I'm going to steal from Alan Watts again. He said, live your life like today is the last day. And I know that sounds cliche because, you know, there's the whole YOLO thing, you only live once. But I don't think that we... I don't think that we approach our day-to-day -day life like that quite enough as we should. So my birthday was just the other day. And a number of people would ask me, oh, what are you doing for your birthday? And I, my reply is, nothing. Well, why not? Well, because I try to live my life, and I know this sounds like I'm being silly, but I really do. I try to live my life every single day as if it was my birthday. Like I try to do something and obviously you can't do it every day because there's just some, there's just days that you have to do the things that you have to do, right? You have to go to work. You have to go to the doctor's appointment. You have to do the things. But when you have space and opportunity, do something that makes your day exciting so that when your birthday comes around, it's not that big of a deal. And, and I'm not saying that everyone should do this. This is just what I do. This is, I, I try to live my life like every day was my birthday or something to that effect. Um, so yeah, it seems weird to people when they're like, you're not going to, and plus, let's be honest here, I'm 45. For, oh God, I'm 46. I stopped caring about birthdays a long time ago. Uh, when I quit drinking, I stopped caring about birthdays. Um, and, and it's not that like, <clears throat> It's not like uh, I'm like grumpy about it or anything like that because I do really appreciate when people give me cards or when someone says happy birthday because, yeah, sure, it, it's, it's a day to, to appreciate you as you, as you are and, and what you've done and, and, and to reflect on the, and the year, the, the prior year. I'm totally for that. Um, the point I'm trying to make is I try to live my, my day like it's my last day. Um, another another one of my favorite um, sayings is from Confucius. 
Um, I actually don't know if Confucius actually even said this, but he's credited with saying it. We have two lives. The second life begins when we realize that we only have one. And that's so cool. I love that saying because it's true, you know, and, and, and I mean, to be honest, I've probably had 10 lives, but really I only have one. And that helps me make decisions on so many things um, in my life. Like, I would rather do something that's terrifying, right? Like starting a podcast. Like, that's, that, that's scary. And will it, will it last? Will people like it? Will I, will I stay interested in it? You know, these are all these questions that I ask myself, but I always answered with, who fucking cares? Live your life. Do the thing. If you want to start a podcast, start a podcast. If it doesn't work out, then do something else. If it works out, awesome. Uh, start a business or the person that you have a crush on, right? And, and you, you're afraid to go talk to them or ask them out. Ask them out. What's the absolute worst thing they can say? No, right? And maybe it'll be, I mean, if it's in the work environment, it might be a little bit awkward for a bit, but I mean, that's literally the worst thing that could possibly happen. But you can at least say that you gave it a shot, that you tried. You'll never have to look back and be like, oh man, I wonder if, you know? And like, there's people who say, and I, and I, and I, to some degree, I do believe this, that like, you should have no regrets. But I would also argue, if you don't have any regrets, did you really even try? Did you even really live your life? Like, there's tons of things that I'm, that I think to myself, oh man, I probably shouldn't have done that. But I did the thing because it was the decision I made at that time. And I was living my life. And so... I don't necessarily regret it, but I definitely, you know, look back and like, mm, I probably shouldn't have done that. Uh, so when you do things that, that scare you, it, you, it actually kind of galvanizes you, right? There's no growth in comfort and there's no comfort in, in growth. Like it's supposed to hurt, but if you're comfortable all the time, you're not learning anything, you know, and, and you might learn that maybe it wasn't that scary. Maybe that thing that you were like, you know, let's say maybe you're, you're afraid of heights or, or, um, yeah, let's just say you're afraid of heights and, uh, some friends of yours want to go bungee jumping or skydiving or whatever. And you're like, no way. And what if you try it? What if you do it? And while you do it, you're like, yo, this is not even that scary. That, this is actually really fun. Cool. You learn something. On the other side of the coin, you could also be like, fuck that. That was horrifying. I'm never doing that again. But now you know. You learned. You learned where your boundary was. I, I love to push boundaries on, on both ends, like the floor and the ceiling. Because if you don't know, if you don't know your boundaries, then you don't know how far you can go. You don't know like how close to that self-actualization that I was talking about earlier. You don't know uh, how close you can even get to that. 
if you don't at least try, um, you know, when I was in the, when I was in the Marines, we used to have this, this chant that was, that we would say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Blood makes the grass grow. Kill, kill, kill. (laughs) It sounds so silly, but if you think about it, what doesn't kill you does make you stronger because you're learning from it. Think about martial arts. Think about, um, weight training or physical fitness, any, any types of those things. Like that's all painful things, but they make you stronger. They make you better. So do something that scares you because you might actually find out that you're tougher than you think you are. And, you know, and, and, and you could even start small. Like there's like with like exposure therapy, which it's a thing that, that like psychologists do for people who have like debilitating fears, like actual phobias. Let's say, let's say, well, I'll use a spider, for example, because I'm pretty sure about half of you listening are probably terrified of spiders. And, and, and what exposure therapy does is it starts really small and then gets closer to what the thing is that you're scared of. So like, let's say if you have a crazy crippling phobia of spiders, like just talking about spiders will make you uneasy. So the thing you do is you talk about spiders and then maybe you look at a picture of a spider and then you you bring the, the spider closer, the picture closer to you. And then maybe you look at a picture of a spider on a TV screen or a video of a spider. And then, and then, and then you move to, there's a spider in the cage across the room from you. And then there's a spider in a cage next to you. And then you open up, then you open up the top of the cage and the spider's in the cage, but it's open, you know, and then the spider's on the table. And then pretty soon you'll, the spider will be able to crawl on you. Now, had you just went, somewhere and had someone put a spider on you, you'd probably freak, probably, you'd probably freak out, right? But because you, you did, you made steps toward the thing that scares you, but then when you got to the thing that scares you, you find out that you're not even really scared of it. You know, it was more of an unknown. You know, it was more of a fear of, I didn't know what this thing was going to do when it was walking on me, which is probably the majority of, of what gives you the fear of whatever that thing is. So, you know, again, now if, 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 if you're this person who now has a, has a spider crawling on them and it's not, you're not afraid of it, boom, you can move on to something else. You're done with that fear. That's no longer a thing. Now you don't have to worry about it. When a spider comes on TV or, or someone starts talking about spiders, your heart rate's not going to go up. You can be mellow and you can, you know, like you move on with something else, like something else that you're afraid of or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, there's not really any rhyme or reason to why I picked spider. I just, you do a thing that scares the shit out of you and it's probably going to help you out in the long run. Right. So next on the list, um, number three, find a balance. I'm huge on balance, huge on balance, because that's just how everything, literally everything in the world works off of balance, you know, all the way down to like an atomic level with like protons and neutrons and, and, 
neutrons, protons, neutrons. Yeah, there's they're they're balanced, right? Like up and down, left and right. It, like everything is balanced. The way our bodies work. You know, if your insulin level goes up, then or sugar intake goes up, then your body produces more insulin to balance it out. Like it's everything's about balance. Um and but I and I know it sounds cliche, right? Like everyone's talking about balance, but like Taoism is all about balance. And I love, I love, I love Taoism. And I, and, and also as weird as this might sound, but like Satanism is, is, is similar to that. And I'm not talking about Anton LaVey Satanism. I'm talking about like the, um, the satanic temple, um, Satanism, you know, everything is about balance and about moderation. Um, you know, you look at the symbol of the Taoist symbol, the, the yin and the yang, right? There's like, there's masculine energy and then there's feminine energy. There's, there's the white and then there's the black, but then there's also a little part of black and the white and a little part of white and the black. And you could, you can, you know, assign those any label that you want, good and bad or, uh, male and female or, whatever the thing is, there's going to always be a little bit of bad in the good and a little bit of good in the bad, whatever the thing is. I personally don't really subscribe to the good versus bad kind of thing because I think it's, it's relative and it's subjective. Like, like something that's bad happening to some person might not necessarily be seen as bad to someone else. Um, or, and, you know, it's, I believe that things happen. I don't necessarily think they happen for a reason, right? I, am not, I'm not a, uh, what's deterministic, deterministic. Yeah. I'm not deterministic. I don't, I don't think that things happen for a reason. I think that things happen because that's the only way that they could have happened. I mean, for me, the, the idea of destiny just kind of, I don't know, it's like, it perpetuates resignation and complacency and mediocrity, at least for me. Um, so yeah, not a fan of that ideology. And that's, you know, that's, that goes with like evolution and all these other things. Like there's a balance in the world, in the universe really. And so when we're out of balance, like our own personal, it's, it's, things are going to go awry because we're not in balance like we're supposed to be like the rest of the universe is you know like uh, uh um balance in relationship right if you're if you spend too much time with your spouse you're gonna start clashing so you need to have a little time apart to balance it out your work and your in your social life or your, your home life. Like if you spend too much time at work, it's going to affect your, your home life. If, you, if you're not going to work, right? If you're spending too much time doing other things, it's going to affect your work life. Um, so yeah, so you, you just got to find a balance in those things. And, and again, grace has a lot to do with that. Give yourself some space. Give yourself, you know, a little bit of some slack, you know, say, you know what, I'm just going to not go to work today. Like, give yourself some balance. But then, obviously, you don't want to just keep taking days off from work, right? Um, what number is that? 
That's number three. Wow, I didn't <laughs> man, I didn't get through a lot of them. Uh, I think I just I think I talked a little bit too much. Um, let's let's knock out a couple of more and then and then we'll call it a day. Um, number four, say what you mean and mean what you say. There's a lot to to, to that to to help you be a better version of yourself. Say what you mean. So like if if you want to tell someone something, tell them the thing. Don't beat around the bush. Don't and I'm not saying be a prick about it. Like you can definitely cushion things, but like if you don't if you don't say what what you mean, no one's going to know. No one can read read inside of your head. And I and I know tons of people and I do and I and I'm even talking about myself. Um you know, you let things you let things slide. You know, if somebody wrongs you or if somebody's doing something that, that you don't necessarily agree with, and instead of saying something or you try to say something and it comes off wrong or whatever. So yeah, just say what you mean. You know, don't don't try to do any of the other things. Like if something's on your mind, say it. Right? Say what you mean and mean what you say. So like be authentic. You know, when I when I tell someone that they did a good job at something or or I appreciate them or any of those things, I make sure that I'm making eye contact with them and I'm making sure that that they know that what I'm saying to them is really what is really what I mean. It's it's coming from a spot in my heart and you know and even if it's a constructive criticism or something like that. Say what you mean mean what you say people respect you and you'll respect yourself and that's what we're that's what we're doing here is we're trying to make the self better um and then uh number five is failure isn't a bad thing i could probably do and i most likely will do an entire episode on just this because failure is one of the most important if not the most important thing we can do because that is how you learn like I said before, doing things that, that scare you helps you learn, and failing is how you learn. Because failing is how you know not to do something. Failure is, in, 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 in what's insane in our culture is that it's beaten into our heads that failure is not an option and, and never give up and like all these other things that I think are complete bullshit. You should fail. You should want to fail. When I'm training for whether it be a competition or if I'm just training to train, from time to time, I will push myself to failure because I want to know where where my ceiling is. How, and it's also a good way of gauging where you've been. Skateboarders, right? They, they, they practice falling on their knees, on like like big ramps. They practice falling so that when they fall, they're not going to get like, they're not going to get messed up. Like if you ever watch like big air competitions, those dudes and girls, those those humans are flying. They're so high. They're so high in the air. And then if they don't get on their skateboard and they hit that ramp, a normal person who who's never done that before is going to break every bone in their body but skateboarders know how to know how to fall. They know how to fail. So practice failing. 
um, when I'm teaching weightlifting, uh, like if I'm teaching someone how to squat and they start to get to where they're going to start adding weight and, and getting heavier, I want to teach them how to bail, how to get out from underneath it if it, if it does in fact become too heavy. So there's a couple of things that go with that. There's, there's the confidence that it builds that you know that if you do fail, you still will be safe. And then with that, you can push harder. You can push farther than you normally would because you know that if you do go a little too far, you're not going to get hurt because you know what it's like to fail. Climbing. When, uh, when I was learning how to lead climb, um, the guy that was kind of teaching me, John, he, I, I, I climbed up all the way to the top, clipping all the bolts, and then he was belaying me. And from the bottom, he, he yelled to me, don't clip into the top, uh, into the, um, into the top ring that's up there. And I was like, what? Isn't that kind of the point? And he's like, no, 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 you need to learn, you need to learn how to fall. And I was like, but, but the last time I clipped was like below me. But the point he was making, and he and we ended up doing this, he's like, just let go. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll just let go. And <laughs> it was fucking terrifying because I fell and my last clipping was was like just below my foot. So I fell six, six or eight feet free fall before the rope even caught the last um, the last carabiner that I was clipped into. But after I did that, I knew that if I was to actually fall, that there's gear in place that will save me. Um, martial arts, like I remember when I was younger, one of the first things they teach you is like how to fall correctly if somebody if somebody flips you over or if you get tripped or whatever, right? So then when that time does come, you've done it enough that when you do get flipped over, you land fine and you're not hurt. The point I'm trying to make is stop thinking about failure as a bad thing. Think about failure as a good thing and a learning thing and then practice it because, because when you get good, let me tell you how good I am at failing. <laughs> like I have messed up so many things in my life. I am really, really good at it. But I know where my boundaries are for the most part on a lot of the things. And and you'd be surprised at how far you can push it before you actually quote unquote fail. So yeah, so um oh man, we're at an hour. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll stop it here. So that was, uh, one through five of 10. Um, what was the first one? Stop searching for happiness, right? Just be happy or, 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 or find happiness in your current life. Do things that terrify you. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? There's no growth in the comfort zone, no comfort in the growth zone. Uh, three, find a balance, um, number four, say what you mean, right? Mean what you say. Be authentic. Actually, I think authentic is, is another one on the list. But And then five, failure isn't a bad thing. You should practice failing. Get good at it. Thanks for listening. And part two will be 
in a couple of weeks. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with me. I hope you got something useful from this episode. If this is your first time listening, uh, please consider subscribing so you don't miss out on any of the other fun things that we'll be talking about in the future. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, uh, I would encourage you to go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a little review. This really does help me grow the podcast. And of course, if you have any questions or comments or you just want to connect on all the other social medias, you can find me on Instagram at Life Nomadic Podcast, on Twitter at That Life Nomadic, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Life Nomadic Podcast, or you can just send me an email, Life Nomadic Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening. I look forward to talking to you guys, and we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>